You're listening to Progress in Mind and Body. This podcast aims to provide you with nutrition, lifestyle and mindset tips that you can take into your everyday life. So let's get started. Okay, so episode two, Laura. So a happy gut. What does a happy gut look like? <laughs> well, I flipping that in its head I know we've called this happy gut and I think everybody should have a happy gut but what I'm going to talk about is a bit more of what an unhappy gut might look like Um, and so an unhappy gut and this is um, to kind of put a few things in before we go into too much detail is you know a lot this is ruling out the um, big dysfunctions of gut so this is not and we're not going to be talking about um, in any kind of conditions um, such as um, inflammatory bowel disease or Crohn's. Um, we're not going to be talking about anything like that or okay. um, yeah. gallbladder dysfunction and that kind of thing. So we're, we're kind of putting the biggies away here and we're just talking about the everyday things that actually people put to the back of their mind. Right. So, you know, if I had somebody come to me and say, oh, you know, like if I say I and I ask, we I talk about bowel movements to everybody. So if I had said, you know, (laughs) how regular are you having a bowel movement? And somebody said, and this is really common or maybe every two or three days. But that's normal for me. Or how often have you, you know, what about bloating? Do you ever get bloated? Oh, yeah, yeah, really bad bloating, but oh, that's, that's completely normal. Or, you know, I get like a lump in my throat or I get like a heartburn feeling, but that's normal for me, you know? So a lot yeah. of these things that we're going to talk about um, in today's episode are things that are maybe a lot of the time pushed to the back of our minds because life yes. is busy. And also because they're not huge in our bodies that they're really affecting our day-to-day life, you know? Um, And that, again, is such an individual thing because for some people, if they weren't having a bowel movement every day, it would be completely the end of the world. For other people, it becomes their norm, yeah? And for me, a lot of these things that I'm going to talk about today that um, show me that their digestive system is not working optimally and constipation or only having a bowel movement every couple of days is a sign that our body is, um, our digestive system isn't working optimally. Does that make sense? So I'm going to kind of go from the unhappy side as opposed to happy. How can we make your gut happy? How can we make it happy? Yeah. Do you know as well, just a quick question before you move on to it. Do you think with people as well, sometimes they just get accustomed to feeling a certain way to the point that they don't do anything about it. And I'm thinking more probably specifically with bloating here, Mm -hmm. that, for example, if people are getting bloated on a regular basis, they just think that's just how their body works. And to the point where they they don't really raise that as an issue because they're just so accustomed to feeling that way and being being that way maybe after eating or or what have you. I Um, have my lunch and I'm always sleepy, yeah? So if we go back to what we spoke about, in our last episode with the fatigue 
um, you know, I'm always tired in the morning or I'm not a morning person, you know, and that you would, you would love some of the, you know, some of these mindset comments. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I am all, I love am it. that person and we label ourselves, you know, I, you yes. know, I only, yeah. I, I, I've been a poor, I, I hear this all the time. I've never been a good sleeper. I have always had a sluggish digestion. Um, you know, I've never, I've never been able to eat broccoli. I've never been able to eat baked beans. It always makes me windy, right? Yeah. So it, you know, where then I think, why, why, why? Yeah. Yeah. And what, yeah. what's kind of where people then do pick up their ears and go, well, actually, I want to do something about this. Is whenever we start to see other things coming into, yeah, or yeah. that the the symptoms start to become louder in our body or more pronounced or, and I have to say COVID has been something that has turned the volume up in a lot of gut health. And, um, yeah. you know, either because it's contributed because of the stress has, yeah. has driven a lot of this stuff. Yeah. We'll yeah. hopefully manage to speak about that um, today. Um, or what I've heard from a lot of, a lot of clients who've, you know, I've started working with over the last year or so, is that COVID has made them go, do you know what? I want to take control of my health, you know? I yes. want to be the healthiest version I can be. I want to eat the right food for me and find out what the best amount of sleep, the right amount of sleep for me is, you know? So, um, yes, there's always a point where, pe- where most people go, hmm, and maybe, you know, if because we've got non people that don't work with us listen to this podcast as well if anybody takes anything yeah. from this and does want to speak about their gut health in more detail um they can get in contact with me um so i'm going to kind of do a couple of things talk about a couple of things that might um show us that the gut's a bit unhappy and um, so um starting to react to certain foods can be can be a, a sign right so um, food intolerances so suddenly yeah. starting to um show in our body if we have dairy or if we have oranges um yeah. i did a, a a client um done has done a food intolerance test with me just today so that's why it's in my mind um, and oranges came up for her and okay. you know whenever we talked about and oranges isn't that common to come up you know gluten no. and dairy very much is oranges yes, is yeah. early and um, but she eats four or five oranges in a day sometimes um, and has had a lot of oranges and and kind of coming back to the food intolerances I'll come back to the food intolerances right but that can be a sign that our gut is kind of starting to become unhappy yeah yes um tiredness or brain fog can be another sign you yeah spoke about that in our last episode so i'm not going to go into that in too much detail and <laughs> um, you've mentioned bloating bloating can be but where where the bloating is tells me a lot so is the bloating in an yeah. upper abdominal is it under the belly button and um, does it come up straight after having food um, or does it come up a couple of hours after having food is your tummy quite flat in the morning or does it increase and get, um, we, we notice it happen more later on in the day. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's yeah. more to just, I am bloating. Um, flatulence, yeah. yes. you know, yeah. that excess flatulence, smelly flatulence, right? So I clear a room with my flatulence is a, is a, is a sign that there's an unhappy gut. 
Oh, my dad must have had an unhappy gut then, I tell you. I had, um, I had a client <laughs> a, a client a couple of weeks ago, and I'm hoping she'll listen to this, um, and I think she will be, and she'll know it's her. And she, whenever we had our last session, we always do like a review and kind of how everything's been, and she's like, um, my family are really happy that my flatulence is not as bad as it was. Because <laughs> oh, like, yeah. she was doing a review for me. And she's like, I don't know if I really want to write that. And I was like, you don't have to. <laughs> That's um, brilliant. And a regular bowel movement. So we've already kind of touched on constipation, but um, that that kind of from, from very loose bowels to diarrhea right through to um, constipation so whether that is having a complete having an incomplete bowel movement so we don't feel like we've had a full bowel movement or little yes. kind of rabbit like poos or like pebbly like poos would still constitute yes. as, as constipation so you know we want in the we want in the middle we want well formed we want like a nice brown color the color makes it tells me a lot too and um, so really yeah. just your your bowel movement's just not easy to pass um, and yeah, not daily, you know, but again, what, what that number is, is, is quite um, person specific, but I would, I yeah. really like clients to have at least one bowel movement every day. Okay. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I would be thinking about would be what, what, what is their overall, first thing is what's their overall diet looking like, right? So especially whenever it comes to constipation and looser stools, and um, but specifically with constipation, is there enough fiber in the diet? Yeah. Um, and, you know, a variety of fibers, not just the amount of fiber. So, you know, the, the guidelines are, I think, 30 grams at the minute they're saying, or I could be wrong, but I'm plucking that out of my head. Um, but it's not just about a number. It's about the variety. It's about the different types of fiber. So whenever yeah. you're looking at your diet, are you, are you, is there, is there, you know, different types of vegetables in there? Is there different types of fruits? Does it have skin on it? Um, are you yeah. having grains? If you can tolerate grains, you know, is there a variety? Because our gut bacteria like variety. Yeah. Yes. Especially our bacteroides group of, of um, bacteria within our gut. Um, it really needs a variety of fiber. I'll take a breath and then I'm going to talk about water. <laughs> um, Can I ask you uh, just yeah. another um, question then? Because this might be something that other people might want to know. Yeah. You know, you get these little um, drinks, these kind of... Um, Hold that thought. We'll come back to talk about probiotics in a minute. By probiotics, right. yeah, fine. Um, okay, no worries. So I would be looking at fibre, first of all. Then the next thing I would be looking at is water consumption. Are we drinking enough water, right? Yeah. Is that coming from you. water or is that coming from caffeinated drinks? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I, it's it's you kind of go, yeah, because we do both. I'm sure both of us get clients that come to us and say, well, I'm drinking loads. But whenever you actually look at it, it's lots of cups of tea with yes. coffee in there too. Um, yeah, yeah. And caffeine will have Energy quite a stimulate. Yeah, energy drinks exactly, and then caffeine, both in the both in all of those drinks, will have a stimulating effect in the gut, right? So it's yeah. been quite common. I have seen, and and I want to add in artificial sweeteners in there too, can have an effect yeah. on, on on our gut as yeah. well. Um, 
but but yes, quite I have had quite a few clients over the last even the last year thinking about it who tend towards urgency to go in the morning. Um, and whenever we break it down and look at it, it's really like the, the amount of caffeine that they're having. It's really quite stimulating on their on their on their gut. Yeah. Um, but the other side of things with the tea is tea has got tannins in it, which is quite binding within our gut. So yeah. if we're having too many cups of tea, um, we can also then tend towards um, constipation because we can be really binding and, and that then has an effect on absorption of nutrients and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then I want to talk about probiotics. So you mentioned about those little like yogurty. Yeah, I, I mean, drinks. obviously you see them in adverts and all that kind of stuff and saying that's a good idea. Just wanted to know what your thoughts on were um, these kind of branded things, and is it a good idea? Because the kind of the the advertising, the marketing around it is around gut health, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. about improved gut health. Yeah, and you know a lot of those. Um, so to kind of a step back a wee bit before we talk about those in, in particular, our levels of bacteria within our gut is so individualized. Um, but it's it's really important to get that level of good and bad, bad bacteria right. So yeah. if that if there is an imbalance or we would we would call it dysbiosis, there is lots of different effects and that will have. So we've got our gut microbiome is connected to our skin microbiome is connected to our vaginal microbiome is connected. To, you know, it's our urinary microbiome. We have got um microbiome all over our body and I really and I would kind of think of the gut microbiome as being like the control center of this brain yeah, right as okay. well think about the gut as being and the control center so if you imagine we've all got like different um composition of our bacteria within our gut and say we get sick I, I really like using the example of an antibiotic because say we get um a cut in our finger that becomes infected and we go to the doctor and we get um an antibiotic the antibiotic yeah. is will do its job and doing a thumbs up because it's really important that we've got antibiotics. They come in though and they wipe away that bad bacteria, great, but they will also wipe away the good bacteria with, with yeah. within our gut. And that leaves quite a um an opportunity within our gut for other bacteria to kind of thrive and you know fungal infections and that kind of thing. So post antibiotics, we should be looking at rebuilding that back up again, right? So okay. Um, but there's other cases where I would be looking at right what is going on with that balance of bacteria now there are certain bacteria within our gut um, that so methanobrevibacter is one of them um, there's, they're, that's a methane producing bacteria and if we've got too much of that within our gut we are going to have really smelly farts Right, we're gonna have a lot of a lot of wind. And um, okay. there, there, so we really want to get that balance right, right? And that's where that um the little yogurty drinks, they have got strains of bacteria. They um I wouldn't use them in practice because yep. they don't have a lot in there. They also tend and and then the, the strains haven't been researched to the same degree as the other ones that I, then as the, the probiotics I would use in practice. Yeah, um, yeah. But they also tend to have sugar or artificial sweeteners in there, right? Yes. So, and what does bad bacteria like? 
<laughs> so it's not the best combination. No. Um, so, and I also wanted to talk about um, the importance of that balance of bacteria whenever it comes to heartburn as well, right? Okay. So heartburn is yeah. something that a lot of a lot of people would would what people um, suffer experience. with. Yeah. 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 So a lot of the time, and it, you know, quite controversially, I mean, this may sound quite controversial. We go to the doctor and we say to the doctor, "Doctor, I've got um, a bit of heartburn." Or I'm feeling this sensation. I'm feeling this. Now we've the the medicine that we have got for that is um, an antacid. It's a proton pump inhibitor. It's you've got high stomach acid. We need to bring that down. And yeah. I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but it's yeah. not always high stomach acid, right? So we have got a. But unfortunately, the doctor doesn't have a tablet for what I'm just about to talk about. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so we have got a sphincter, a lower esophageal sphincter, which is between our stomach and our esophagus. And sometimes that cannot close properly. Right. So there's lots okay. of different reasons why that might not close properly. But if you think if that's not closing properly, any stomach acid is going to be able to come back up again. Yeah. Right. Whether it's low or high. We want that sphincter to be able to close properly. Now, intra-abdominal pressure, especially that upper um, bloating that I talked about earlier on. Um, so from a bloating point of view, that can be because of the imbalance of bacteria. Right? Okay. Um, pregnancy can also have an effect on that sphincter. Um, smoking can have an effect on that sphincter. Stress can have a an effect on that sphincter. Um, and being yeah. overweight, right? Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I, my brain would be going is if I have someone who's got that kind of that sensation is what is your what what are your what's going on with your bacteria levels yeah yeah what um yeah and there because there's there's something called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and there's something called large intestinal bacterial overgrowth they sound gross but they're not that bad it just basically <laughs> means that there's bacteria in the wrong place and bacteria yes. ferments food. So if we if it's given food and it, and it's fermenting in the wrong place, it's not it's not great. So our small intestine isn't designed to stretch in the same way as our large intestine. Yeah. And um, so if we have got bacteria there that shouldn't be there, it's going to cause pressure and it's going to cause discomfort and pain in yeah. some people too. Not nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of it's, as you're saying, I suppose, Laura, a lot of it's um, lifestyle-driven as well, isn't it? You know, if, oh, if we mention kind of smoking, for example, but yeah. it, a lot of it's down to our lifestyle, isn't it? Our lifestyle yeah. choices. Yeah, and, and mean, that comes um, through it. What, what about uh, my my wife's heavily pregnant just now, so she's getting a, she has been getting a bit of heartburn um, on that side of thing as well. Um, is Would that fall into the... Um, you know the hormonal side of it then do you think or um that it'll be that sphincter as well you know okay. unfortunately heartburn just it's we'll have to take it as part of it but she's near the end and she'll know she's it won't be long and it'll go yeah she, she's been a lot better in the last week actually which is good so i think as a baby starts to shift it puts less pressure on as well yes yeah um, but you mentioned about lifestyle stuff too. I would also be bringing that into my into my head whenever I'm thinking about constipation, because we talked about um, somebody who doesn't move very much on a daily basis in our yeah. in our 
in our last episode. And um, yes. that will have an effect whenever it comes to regularity of bowel movements as well. Um, yeah. And I know it sounds really silly, but movement is so, so important. Um, so having the daily walks, skipping, moving, dancing, brilliant, has a really good um, impact and kind of moving yeah. moving the stool around um, and helping us go sitting in a squatted position. If anybody suffers from constipation, sometimes that can really help as well. So it kind of tilts yeah. our pelvis to a different, uh, different angle. Um, when I think of the other end of the spectrum with kind of the looser stools, I'll always be thinking of that imbalance of bacteria again, but I'll also be wondering about any particular pathogens and what's going on with our bile acids as well. So are, yeah. we, are we breaking fat down properly and are we able to absorb it? And if we're not, then that's going to be having an effect on our stool too. And what about, um, just coming from a slightly different angle here, what about things such as built-up anxieties and, and the effect that would have on your... Um, yeah, your poo, I suppose. Well, that, can, that, 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 works. that it usually goes one way or the other or both. Right? Okay. So, yeah. It, you know, so you know, when when you think of somebody who is that kind of tight anxiety, you know, where we yes. hold everything in, and that can tend towards constipation. Um it it, it is so again, and that, you know, if we're going to talk about the umbrella term of IBS, that's one of the criteria for that umbrella term of, of IBS is that irregular bowel movement quite often yeah. we'll see the alternating between constipation and diarrhea but sometimes we've got kind of the, the the opposite ends of the spectrum as well but you know we talked in the last episode about um the stress response and how the stress yeah. response can have an effect on slowing down the digestion you know yes um, so really by doing all those kind of mindful techniques and the, the mindset techniques that you were talking about in the last episode can have a huge impact on our digestion um, and I quite often will invite clients to try if there is anxiety or there is stress response going on in their body and it's showing up in their digestion is slowing down eating so first is doing yeah. some type of breathing technique before they start eating so okay. bringing themselves more into that parasympathetic nervous system response yeah. and then looking at their food so connecting using their eyes to connect with their food and turning off the television and um, turning away from their screens and just connecting with the food that is more likely to help bring up the stomach acid at the time we need it to break down proteins, which then triggers yes. our digestive enzymes to break down the rest of our food. Because we spoke in the last episode about not breaking food down properly and how that can have an effect on fatigue. But yeah. if you think then from a, a back, what once the bacteria is going to get that, right? So undigested food for this bacteria, love it, right? Yeah, yeah. Ferment, gas wind bloating galore right so the the foul smelling flatulence tends i would then think are you breaking proteins down properly that kind of is the the the, the negative yeah. thing that we, we make me think what's your stomach acid levels like would be what i would be thinking but yeah. really a practical tip because i want to give as many as these as we can in these conversations yes. is really 
connecting is really slowing down, trying to be in the moment whenever we're eating or giving our body the best chances it possibly can. And if we're in that stress response state, we need to be even more aware of the impact that might be having on our digestion. Because I suppose from um, from on on the same note, and you you talked about IBS as well, and I've worked with a lot of clients that suffer from that too, and it's really not nice for a lot of people. And um, I suppose the anxieties built up about eating certain things, your kind of your anxious responses starting before they even eat the food yeah and i can't you, you eat know, that that I food is not good for me yeah 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 and yeah. so we go into that negative thought process and um i'm going to throw in a really quick i want like a really quick analogy and it, and if any of my clients are listening to this they will have heard of my balloon analogy um a lot already and um, but i think of our gut as like a balloon and the Round the edge of the balloon, we have got our tight junctions. So our gut's got really nice tight junctions. I'm interlacing my fingers together. Um, we've also got our mucosa lining around the lining of our, of our gut, which is like the surface of the balloon. Yeah. Inside our balloon or inside our gut, I think of the top bit is our stomach acid, our digestive enzymes and our bile. Bile breaks down fats. Um, and then we've got our balance of bacteria. So we've got our good and bad bacteria. Now, when we have got a food that we um, are intolerant to, so this is a completely different immune response to an allergy, right? So I'm talking about an IgG food intolerance. I describe that as a pen poking on the balloon, right? So it is aggravating our digestive system. It's just poking at it, right? So if, if, if we were to find out what foods are aggravating or you're causing an immune response, right? There's an immune reaction going on in your body whenever you eat those foods. We take those foods away for a period of time, not forever, but we can then, we've then got the opportunity to rebalance and to do the work on the balloon. Does that make sense? So yeah, then we yeah. should never have that, I can or cannot eat that or I can't. And you're completely right. I have people, of clients unfortunately come to me and they've limited their diet so much to a handful of foods that are okay for them to, to eat. Yes. If you know, we spoke earlier about how, the importance of variety, but also that mental effect, the physical, the, the psychological effect of only eating a, a, a narrow range of foods. Yeah. We yeah. shouldn't be, right? We should have, we should be able to eat a, an abundance of food and our digestive system should be able to cope with it. Um, and that's where all of this stuff comes in. Yeah. And it affects your life as well, Laura, because, you know, these kind of things, it's, it limit, if you're limiting what you can eat, then it might prevent you from going out for dinner with friends, for example. Yeah. Or if, if flatulence is a problem, then there's obviously embarrassment which comes from that as well and urgency to go in a public place yeah urgency to go you know i so many of my clients you know don't want to go on long car journeys or you know and lockdown was amazing for them amazing for them but actually the benefit of lockdown for them was that they didn't have to go too far away from the toilet yeah or worry about what was going to happen yes Um, as opposed to having to plan any trips that they're doing or their their journey to work had to be a certain way so that they yeah. would know where a toilet is. It toilet has was, such yeah. a big impact on us 
all over and really debilitates our lives a lot of this stuff oh yeah unbelievably yeah. i yeah. i often think laura as well um when i hear the word guts as well i i tend to associate it with a gut feeling yeah yeah and um i don't know how many of you out there go with a gut feeling um uh, and 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 believe in that i suppose um it's something that I've kind of gone with a lot over the years, um, particularly in decision making. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you probably all experienced a moment when something happens, there's a decision to be made and something about it just doesn't feel right. You know, you feel it in your guts, you have that feeling, your body's producing a, a, a feeling um, that something about it doesn't 100% sit right with you and it leads you into deciding not to do something and more often than not that turns out to be the right decision doesn't it and on the same side of the coin sometimes you just have that gut feeling that it's the right thing to do there's something about this you know um, whether it's with regards to a relationship or um, something with your family or something with your exercise and your general health or something to do with a job a career you know you've you've got a decision to make between two jobs if you're in a lucky position and you've been offered both you have that gut feeling towards one rather than the other that this one just feels right there's something Mm -hmm. about that within me i said the logical sometimes isn't necessarily there you don't need to go to the logical you just you're listening to your 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 inner gut your inner intuition kind of leading you But is that, you know, I think of like you need to have a certain confidence in your own voice to be able to do that, that not everybody does. Yeah. Or is um, that a learned thing you think you can learn? Well, there's some people um, out there, if you ask them the question, how are you with decision making, that will tell you straight away that they're not a good decision maker. It's not something they're good at. I've got a wee tip on that, actually. Um, and it comes down to the same kind of basis as what we kind of touched on in the last episode around um, changing your physiology to change your psychology. When I've had to make big, big decisions in the past, potentially, and um, I've maybe been struggling a little bit, um, I tend to go for a walk um, and clear my head or go for a run. So take myself away from the situation. Don't think about it and go away for maybe half an hour to an hour then revisit it and I can tell you every time I've done that I've come back and I've made a decision and um, I I think that works so well clearing your head in the moment so emptying Mm -hmm. your thoughts reducing the fatigue um, increasing your energy levels your positivity and then going ahead and making the decision Uh, and and going with the gut feeling if that's what uh, if that's the way it feels I've had lots of experiences particularly in the business side of things where I've just had a gut feeling that it was the right thing to do, but equally that this isn't right for me, including uh, many years ago, I had the opportunity to um, to take on a franchise up in Inverness. And um, I didn't know the Inverness market like I know the, the Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire market. And something about it just didn't feel 100% right to me within my gut. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't do it. And I'm... A hundred percent satisfied with that decision. Um, all these years later, um, as well, that it wasn't the right thing to do, and that was a moment that I did go with my gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. I have got quite a few examples as well of um, 
and again business wise I remember looking at a clinical room years and years and years and years ago um, and the person who owned the room I would kind of been working close with but certainly would have been associated with you know if you're renting a clinical room from somebody in their premises you are Um, and it just didn't feel I there was something saying no to me in my gut yeah um and and I didn't take it and as you said I I you know I don't I don't regret that decision um at all but it's yeah it's it's something that you I I think you need to have a bit of a confidence in your own voice to be able to trust your gut yeah yes correct <laughs> uh, do you know um on, on the subject of decision making and trusting your gut as well is that we can get very bogged down thinking about good decisions and bad decisions. Mm-hmm. I like to look at it more along the lines of there are decisions that are better than others yeah. because ultimately whatever decision you make leads you down a certain path, the certain path you're supposed to go. And if, if you if you start believing that, then it makes everything feel a lot better. It takes I, the pressure I off a bit. Yeah, it does. And I mean, I, I worked in an industry that I didn't enjoy for a little while. Um, I didn't enjoy my job at all, but I met my wife. So was it the wrong decision? No, it was the path I was supposed to because I was supposed to meet her. Yeah. So if, if you have a look at things in a different way, there's always positives to come from whatever decision you make. Yeah. And maybe if you go into things in that kind of way, it might make you feel a little more confident to make decisions that um, with using the gut or just yeah. a decision in general, um, understanding that whatever decision I make here is what I'm supposed to do. I quite like journaling for something like that, you know, for being yeah. able to reflect yeah, back yeah. or being able to kind of look back and, you know, what what was going on in my head when I made that cert- that decision, you know, where, who was I yes. being surrounded with? What was I doing on a daily basis? You know, to kind of strengthen your belief in your own listening ability to your own gut. Because quite a lot, uh, you know, I certainly, we're going off in a bit of a tangent here, but I think years ago I would have um, commonly looked for external um, validation to do certain things. Yeah, so I would, yeah. I would have, you know, asked either my mum or, or my husband, you know, should I do this or what should I do about this? Or what should I, I, I need that less now. Maybe that's an age yeah. thing. I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable with asking here and yes. being happy with that. Maybe that is yeah. just an age thing. I think it's a self-esteem thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And it okay. comes through um, experience of making decisions and being satisfied with the mm-hmm. outcome. If you were always satisfied with the outcome of your decisions, nothing would prevent you from making decisions, would it? So if you were always looking for the positive side, everything that you that you that you can find within a decision, even if it wasn't the best decision you've ever made in your life, yeah. there's always still positives to find. And if you're looking for positive, you know it shouldn't prevent you from making decisions going forward. You know, um, again, we're a little bit going off on a tangent here, but a, a quote that always kind of resonates with me that I love. And that, that sticks with me every day is that I, I'm of the belief that life happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. And um, if you start looking at it that way, that's really focusing on the positive and the path that you're taking based on the decisions you make are the ones that you should be doing um, for, for your life. 
So if you go with that in mind, then um, hopefully the confidence is there to continue making decisions. Yeah, I love it. That's a really nice way, right, to end our chat about about happy gut, happy gut and listening to our gut. It's been great talking about farts with you, Laura, I must admit. Well, I did have um, a land on <laughs> something that one of my clients all along, quite quite a while ago now, said to me, um, hey, he's a guy in his 20s and he's like, I have never spoken about poo to anybody in the same detail <laughs> as I do to you, um, with you. And I was like, welcome to my world. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, <laughs> it is just what I do. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thank you very, very much. It was lovely to chat. Yeah, great. Thank you.